This episode has been brought to you in part by the Toronto Heschel School. You are invited to attend their open house on November 10th to discover what makes Heschel special. Visit torontoheschel.org for more details. That's Toronto, H-E-S-C-H-E-L dot org. Matt Midler, Einstein, and Mordecai Richler, Abby, Alana, and their pal Wolf Blitzer. That guy my Bobby once met on a cruise. These are a few of my favorite Jews. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 3 of A Few of My Favorite Jews, your favorite podcast, or a podcast you listen to, or a podcast I asked you to rate and review because you're my friend and you haven't listened to it. Um, This is a podcast where I bring on a a pal, a, a comedian, an actor, a musician, Somebody, somebody interesting and cool, and that person picks their favorite famous Jew, and we discuss that famous Jew. I do some research. We get to very little of that research. We sort of just go off the rails. And today on the uh, podcast, we have Miss Rachel Manson, uh, a very funny writer, actor, comedian, um, a Jew in her own right. So she's just a Jew. Um, I'm a big fan of Rachel's. I think she's so, so funny and so, so smart. I've been a big fan of her stand-up comedy for a while, and she did not disappoint. She was a wonderful guest. I loved talking to her. She chose Fran Leibowitz as her favorite Jew, which I was super stoked about. Uh, We haven't had a ton of um, women Jews chosen. I don't know why, but women Jews sounds like a slur. We don't take kindly to women Jews around here. Um, Anyway... Uh, before we get to the conversation with Rachel, I'll update you guys about me just a little bit. I'm going to have to keep the intro short today um, because I'm babysitting um, my nephew, Nate, um, my dog nephew, Nate. I know people hate when you refer to your dogs as family. Um, and I say to those people, you don't consider your pets family, you fucking sociopath. Um So anyways, uh, the reason I have to keep it short is because I'm babysitting him and the only way I can get him to be quiet for a bit is to give him raw chicken hide and um, he already had a bully stick yesterday and his tum-tum didn't handle it well. Um, So I'm force feeding him. No, he's willingly eating it, but I I shouldn't, you know, he has no sense of his own dietary restrictions. So I'm letting him eat it until um, I'm done chatting with you guys. So let's just, um, let's, let's get to it. A bit about me recently, I, well, this is not that recent, but I, a few months ago, I joined TikTok. Was that a year ago? I don't know. A year ago or two months ago, I joined TikTok. And um, first of all, it's very embarrassing to be uh, an adult woman on TikTok. Uh, A young child recently called me Boomer, which is fine. To uh, to him, I I can see why he would think I'm I'm a Boomer. Um, I'm not. A, a, I'm not technically a baby boomer, I suppose, emotionally. I guess you could call consider me a baby boomer. First of all, baby boomer is a very, very funny name for a generation. It's a very um, polite 1950s way of saying uh, people be boning after the war. 
just a, a bunch of babies born because a, a lot of people were in a tizzy about defeating the Germans. Um, anyway, so I, I was on, I've been on TikTok. This is actually, this whole ramble is actually going to have a very satisfying conclusion. T- uh, TikTok is a very specific algorithm. They, they, the, the algorithm is incredibly specific. I keep getting videos that are like, hey, if you're watching this, you're a 31-year-old woman who um, picks at her fingers, yeah, is codependent, sleeps on her right side, had her first kiss with somebody named Connor and is watching this on the toilet. And I'm like, you know, incredible. It's crazy how accurate the algorithm is. The more you, it does, and it doesn't take long either for it to acclimate to your mind. I I was on it for like a couple days and all of a sudden all of the content was just incredibly specific to my life. And uh, eventually they started trying to diagnose me with ADD. TikTok just started inundating me with all these videos about um, adult women who never realized they had ADD until much, much later in life. And they start explaining that, and by they, I just mean the the various people on TikTok. Um, a, a lot of these videos were women saying, you know, it's, it's wild. I could never quite uh, explain how I always felt a little bit different from other people. I could never quite understand how other people had conversations. I always felt like the way I thought was, was sort of different. And I always thought I was stupid, that the reason I constantly forgot things, forgot where things were, what time I was supposed to be places, I thought I was just stupid. Um, and other people would say, oh, that happens to me once in a while. It's, it's normal. But for me, it happens all the time. And I, I thought, you know, maybe I was just an idiot. And my anxiety and depression are have not been, have not responded to uh, traditional treatments for anxiety and depression. And then all these years later, I'm diagnosed with ADD, you know, like past the age of 30. And all of a sudden, it explains everything about me. All of these symptoms totally make sense for me. And I started medication, I started treatment, and my anxiety and depression are better than they've ever been, and da-da-da. And um, I started, you know, I was was seeing all these videos, and I thought, like, is it possible I have ADD? No, that's crazy. That's, I I always did well in school. Um, I've never really had anyone say to me, they think I have ADD, which I thought for sure would have come up in my family, because we all just sort of uh, constantly diagnose each other with reckless abandon, with whatever uh, we think the other person might have. So I, I think maybe I floated it to my sister first. And I was like, you know, I know this is, this is gonna seem so stupid. I know it's ridiculous to let TikTok uh, diagnose me with a, a learning disability all these years later. And I know you're going to think, oh, I'm so stupid. I'm being ridiculous. But I think I, I think I might have ADD. And she was like, oh, yeah, no. You, of course you do. <laughs> the vibe was very much like, oh, yeah, no, we've all been discussing this. Did we not inform you? And I said, oh, how do you know? Or, or what makes you think I have ADD? <laughs> And she, like, very sweetly, she wasn't trying to um, be rude, but she said, oh, well, just sometimes um, you have a really hard time with things. Um, and I just, I think that you think everyone has a hard time with those things, but um, we actually don't. <laughs> I was like, oh, what kind of thing? What kinds of things? She's like, organizational things. And it's true. I just assumed everybody had a really, really hard time um, organizing their time, organizing their schedule remembering when things are, sticking to things. Um, yeah, knowing knowing when things are, knowing where things are. I know it's like a very classic example for ADD, but knowing where your keys are. I always thought that everybody um, 
innately struggled with this and but worked worked hard enough to overcome it that it was a, it was an innate struggle for every single person in the world and some people were just you know raised right or uh you know they they devoted three hours a day to learning about where keys are uh put in their ten thousand hours and now they know where keys are and it turns out that a lot of people don't struggle with this and that was a revelation to me and then slowly I start saying this to all these people in my life like I know maybe you're going to think I'm being ridiculous, but I think I have ADD. And every single person was upsettingly unshocked, offensively unshocked. But the funny thing is, when we were younger, people were um, tested for ADD in my youth who didn't have ADD. A lot of people, um, a lot of friends, um, mostly boys, but some girls too. And I never was. I never, I never, no one even uh, thought about it, I guess. I think I, if anything, have the sort of hyper-focused ADD. I will often intend to do one thing. For example, sit down and record the intro to this podcast. And I intend with all my might and all my will to do this. It's not that I don't intend to do it. I deeply intend to do it. But on the way over to get the microphone, I realize that my rock collection isn't organized. Rocks being crystals, but rocks essentially. I mean, they're rocks. And in that moment, I lose all sense of my initial intention because disorganized rocks are the root of chaos. What woman in her right mind would have a disorganized rock collection? All of a sudden, having organized rocks is a crucial part of my identity. I can't live in a home with disorganized rocks. I'm not an animal. What if these rocks really are magical? They are directly related to time and space. And if they're disorganized, I'm going to, I don't know, mess up the fabric of time. As they say, if you don't organize your rocks, you have to set back the clocks. I don't know. Um, Or maybe it's uh, full eyes, clear hearts, can't lose. One of those two things is said. Um, Either way, I spent um, uh, an hour, an hour, an hour organizing my freaking rock collection. And then I come to... that is really how it feels like I come to and I go oh that's what I've been doing that's insane sure I stopped time and space from collapsing into themselves but at what cost and this has been something I've done my entire life and I always thought I was lazy and uh, a, a piece of shit essentially often that was the narrative in my head you're a piece of shit you're being an idiot you're stupid you're lazy and uh I think it's definitely correlated to some of my anxiety and depression I think it's definitely correlated to my addiction. I think um, I've always identified as um, as a fuck up, and I was also not not feeling well. I was not happy. I was I was feeling really really low. So of course I was banned to try drugs for the first time because I already thought of myself as a fuck up. So anyways, all this to say, incredibly, at 31, I might be discovering I have ADD. Now the uh, test to diagnose uh, somebody with ADD. It costs $2,000. I can only assume it's administered by the inventor of ADD herself, Annabelle Don Derry Bingle. And I'm not gonna, I, I can't afford that. I simply can't afford that. Um, so I'm thinking that another an al- alternative diagnosis for ADD might be um, that I organize a rock collection for an hour and that everyone I tell I have ADD to puts on an award-winning performance of trying to pretend to be um, surprised. So there we go, folks. I have ADD. Um, feel free to text me if you agree, if you know me, um, or if you don't know me. 
I, if you've listened to this podcast, <laughs> me thinks you have an idea. <laughs> Anyhow, that's what's up with me. Um, I'm going to have to go grab this um, uh, chicken hide from the dog so that he doesn't absolutely annihilate us with his farts. But um, have no fear. The interview's here with Miss Rachel Manson, the hilarious, hilarious, truly hilarious, intelligent, beautiful, Jewish Rachel Manson. Enjoy. <laughs> I think we should pay homage to like just like Jewish geographiness. Mm-hmm. That okay, we're both Jewish. Yes. Folks, I, hold can you on imagine to if I'm surprised? What? what? I'm Jewish? <laughs> this is how I find out I'm Jewish. Your parents uh, yeah. asked me to break it to you. I don't know why they didn't My want to be God, involved. We I should call them. Um, and we both do comedy. Mm-hmm. I'm like weirdly there's not as many jews in toronto comedy as one would think just based on like how overrepresented we are in the industry in general yes that is 100 percent true there's definitely like a crew of us absolutely Absolutely. but it's it's not it's not as like cat skills overbearing as (laughs) as you've been told by the media that's right although god i would love like a modern Catskills, a door into the Catskills world without being like, because I also feel like a little extra tap on that door, I would be like, oh, we're racist. So I think it's a it's a nice little like dip into the old culture without the like, like uh. racist against ourselves. Like it's like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it is a very extra form of Judaism. It's it's racist against ourselves and like, oh my, it was at the end of the day, like you you watch you watch stuff like um. Oh my God, what's happening? Mrs. Uh, Maisel? Mrs. Maisel. I wanted to say thoroughly modern Millie. I'm like, that's it. <laughs> same, same. No, but same so, same. so close. But so close. Uh, no, when you watch like Mrs. Maisel and they're all like up at their like adult summer camp in the Catskills and it's very, I'm like, there's, and they're, everyone's white. I was like, there's no way everyone here was like cool and liberal. There's gotta be some weird rich person. In like the late fifties. Oh, wealthy in the late fifties. I mean, we know they're, they're not because uh, we're related to a lot of them. I mean, I I know them. They're (laughs) they're still with us and they're in our families. Absolutely. But um, I do love that old culture of, of like the, it's, it's a very, it's, it's a cadence of speech that I I adore. I love it too. I, I think it like, I think it informs modern comedy and I think it definitely informs my comedy but like yeah if you go too far with it I actually sorry I have like fully ADD so I just like yeah um no no I love it I love okay good yeah Um, I I, I belong nowhere let's just keep rolling great um my sister like maybe three years ago my sister was like I want to do a 23 and me to find out about our heritage and I was like find out how Ashkenazi (laughs) Jew we are (laughs) exactly like exactly I was like that's fun. Girl, like, <laughs> I can trace our lineage. I've, like, done, um, not the one where you do, like, a swab, but just where you trace your family tree. She did a family tree project when she was, like, 10. It's literally just, yeah. like, Polish Jews forever. Yeah, and ever. all the, just Polish forever, and then abruptly not anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just, then, then a brisk, a brisk, a, brisk, for a very specific reason, just a brisk move. A big old boot out of the country. Mm-hmm, but still fully Jewish. So she yeah. did it and she was so excited and it came yeah. back and it was like 99% Jewish. And I was like, yeah, 
big old shocker there. What did they, you think? What did you think was going to happen? They all hung out in the same three block Polish village for <laughs> 700 years. Centuries. They ate only chicken and potatoes. And that was our, our that was who we were. Um, I, I also think that maybe the 1% is like not even, I think it's like monkey DNA, like whatever percentage <laughs> of us is ne- Neanderthal. It's, like, it's back know? to the Neanderthals and then like, they had a Passover Seder and then it just became Jewish. At the day that we became human, we were uh, already A hundred percent. There was like a group of Neanderthals like haggling the cost of pay. And then that was, that was the Jew- the beginning of the Jewish people. But I was like, I don't think you can call someone 99% Jewish. Like that seems anti-Semitic. It's, it's so funny. It's, it's wild. Uh, there's a really, this isn't, this isn't very uh, funny or clever to to say, but there's there's a really interesting podcast episode from the incredible NPR podcast Code Switching, and or Code Switch. It, either way, but they have an amazing episode of like, uh, is Judaism a race or culture, and like where how does that translate? Because like when you take a twenty three and Me, it says like geographical locations and Jewish. Like you, you don't have a 23 and me. That's like, I'm 90% Catholic. Like that's yeah, just not. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but then on the other hand, it's, you know, it, it takes a lot of that into account. So uh, definitely listen to that podcast. That being said, it's so funny because I've never done the 23 and me swab thing. I did it because I was like, I don't know, that's pretty invasive. And then I went downtown into a cannabis dispensary and they're like, if we swab your DNA, we'll tell you the best strain for you. And I'm like, fucking give it <laughs> I just shove that shit in my mouth. So I, it's, I mean, now they have my DNA anyway, so. Oh, that's so funny. You were like, so no, silly. that's really intimate. Like, I don't want to give up a part I was of myself like, to I find don't know out about my heritage. That. They'll probably like sell me things on the, they already do. They, they know everything they have to know about us. It's, they don't it's not spit. invasive. They have our minds. They have our spit. They have our minds. They, I, if I see something on an Instagram ad, I will click it. I'm dumb. You made, you made me dumb worlds and you're stupid. Ugh. Anyway. I'm a full <laughs> consumer. I mean, I, I'm, I try to be mindful, but I'm also like, I'm that horrible mix of person who's like, I'm like, I'm so self-aware that it doesn't count when I absolutely like buy oh my into God. this. A hundred percent. It's the great Bo Burnham quote of like, self-awareness does not absolve anyone of anything. It makes it worse. Is, it makes it worse. It's just like, now we know, now we're aware of it. And we, I wish we could live in blissful ignorance. Uh, it's God. Yeah. Anyways. So, this go- is what I was going to say though. So go. we're both Jews who are, who yeah. are in comedy. And then lo and behold, we've also both grown up in Toronto our whole lives. Like yep. there was no world where we didn't have a Jewish connection. Yep. And we did. My cousin, mm-hmm. friends with your sister for like yep. many years growing up. Yep. Wild. Yep, yep, yep. Not wild, expected. But just for like yep. anyone who might be listening that doesn't get just how like in, entrenched and embedded you are in the culture. It's such a quick game of Jewish geography. It's like it, you can't even get to six degrees of separation because somebody's cousin is already in directly in your life. That's so true. It was too easy. Yeah. It's too easy. Wait. Um, easy. But I thought that was so funny when I first met you. I was just like, of course. Yeah. Of course we know each other. Big old um, yeah. Big old Jews. So, yeah. okay. You chose uh, Fran Lebowitz for your favorite Oh my too. god. I, I, it's, it's so bad. I could talk about Fran Lebowitz for more time than we have. Kevin, I'm so obsessed with go. her. Like, I did some research. Mm-hmm. Um, initially, as I always do, just for like, you know, good measure. But then I just binged her for like, like a week. I, oh yeah. 
I could listen to her talk forever about um, anything about anything and about I was anything and I was thinking about it, I was like there are so few people in the world now whether they be celebrities whether they be fucking influencers whatever the fuck you want to call them she is a modern day Yoda she is the only person that we pay to go see and ask generic questions about anything like yep. if you go and see her speak it's just like what do you think about like Indian food what do you think about the Israeli Palestinian conflict what do you think about shopping what do you think yeah. about cell phones like it's just people who want to hear her talk about any aspect of human life and I, that is there's such like, a good point there, I, I don't think there's anyone point. I don't think there's anyone else today that we go and just ask questions about everything under yeah. the sun about what it means to be human I think that like I think that like influencer culture I think there's an amalgamation of people who answer all those questions for us but we're talking about like a hundred people covering the range of topics that Fran covers just on her own you know what yeah. I mean like like and people yeah. only do that on their phones in the comfort of their homes for no money but to yeah. get up out of your house and pay money to go see a woman literally ramble is about iconic anything and it's crazy because yeah. like Normally when you go, even if you go to see like a philosopher or, or, or some professional speaker speak, there's usually a line of questioning that comes from them of like, uh, like you go see a, a, a life coach person about like career moves or whatever and, 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 and all these things or about their specific specialization. People come to Fran to ask about everything in human life. Yeah. And I don't think there's like anybody else that I can think of that that is the case she's just so all in she's like the the person to speak about human being a being it's, yes it's the best part too is that she actually so like everything she says is brilliant and like yep really um pretty consistent too for like most of her career but it's yes. not good advice it's brilliant thinking but it's uh -huh. not like like people will be like should I be like a writer or a poet? And she'll be yes. like, neither, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> like, literally, she has <laughs> such a distaste for humanity in a way that's like so admirable. Like, oh God, I have so much to say about her. But, but, but mainly because like, I think it's because I'm such a people pleaser and, and it's been so long to undo that, to watch a woman who could not give a flying fuck, like, she's funny enough not yeah. like to say she's funny enough for anything just seems so arbitrary but like she could be a stand-up comedian any day of the week but she doesn't give a fuck about anyone's opinions so she doesn't need to be yeah. like it's it's we need to be stand-up comics because sure we want to like point out something that's observational and funny about being alive but we also need to hear human laughter laughing at us to get that sort of validation she doesn't Absolutely. need validation. She doesn't give a shit. She rejects oh. it, if anything. It's if anything. so funny you said. So, so I was like talking to her about my sister. No, I was talking to my sister about you her. You were talking to Fran Lebowitz about that your sister. So wow. Wow. Give her my number. Holy fuck. Also, if I had her in my grips and I just like talked about my sister. Yeah. Could you, could you, you would ask Fran Lebowitz anything and be like, um, my sister borrowed my sweater and I don't know what to do about it. Like, could you, um, she would just walk away from you. She would light you on fire and walk away. Deservedly. Um, fuck. but anyways, you were talking to your sister. I was talking to my sister about Fran and I was like, the, I think what I like, I, I think the reason I've binged her so much, because there's lots of, I mean, there's a lot of smart people and funny people 
it is yeah. what you said. Like watching, especially a woman mm. in no way at all is yeah. catering to the male gaze, like even this much, like she, it's, or the, or any gaze really. It, just any opinion, any patriarchal system, any sort of structure that's in place, like it's wild. If, and if you watch, it's so funny because if you watch people, there are, I, I'm going to say something a little controversial on that is that, uh, I mean, if you watch pretend it's a city or in conversations or any, any of these, they're excellent. Like if you're, if you were looking for an intro into friendly, but would start with obviously pretend it's a city, mm-hmm. because if you watch a lot of other interviews with her, they're not very satisfying or even gratifying to watch because the people who are interviewing her whether they be like Spike Lee or um, I even I heard one with Tig Notaro who I adore. Yeah, or, I know that oh one. The, oh, love, but the or even the one I just uh, watched Jim, with Jimmy Fallon. Most of these people who normally are very high status are very intimidated by her yeah. and have no fucking idea how to interview this woman or talk to her at all because they'll they'll be like, "Thank you so much, Fran, for coming on the show," and she's like, "Yeah, you're welcome." you have a show. I don't give a shit. Like I, uh, I, you, like the, she'll literally like, she's like, there'll be like, I'm, I've been such a long-term time fan of yours. She'll be like, thank you. Like she's yeah. not, she just doesn't, she doesn't care to, to cater to them or make them feel more comfortable yeah, or fawn over them. Thank you so much for having yeah. me. It's my pleasure. She's like, you're yeah. welcome. She's like, you're welcome. I it's came here and this is my time. So you're welcome. I'm here. Dude, like, even she, Letterman was, was mm-hmm. a little afraid of her. You could yeah, tell. to watch to watch Letterman be genuinely like, I, I don't know what to do with this woman is incredible to see. It it's really horny. Wild. Horny. Oh my god, horny. horny for her her assuredness of just who she is and what she like. Re, I I I I have my I have the Fran Leibowitz reader right here. But yes. if you read her original, uh, the Metropolitan Metropolitan Life or mm-hmm. just Metropolitan, I'm not sure. Um, she wrote it when she was in her, she literally has at the beginning a little like blurb intro. That's just kind of like, obviously she says it so, uh, eloquently, but she's basically like, take all of what I wrote with a grain of salt. And also within the time that I wrote it, cause I was 22 or 23 when I wrote Metropolitan Life. I was like, I am 26. I don't know anything about any, every single opinion I have, I'm like, but that's probably wrong. So I don't, I'm sorry to be here. Like, she qualifies nothing. Qualifies nothing. She's just like, yeah, I, you know, I wrote it at a, in a certain time period and when I was that young. So just, you know, keep, keep that in mind. I'm reading it. I'm like, she's just observing. She, she knows. She, she yeah. just looked around at the age of 20 and was like, yeah, I get it. Like, how the fuck? I, and she, oh God. Amongst giants, like, um, like, um, like in New York City, amongst like, all these other incredible writers, photographers, designers, like movie stars, yeah. other intellectuals, big thinkers, authors. And they were all older than her. There were like very few yeah. people in their early 20s writing, wanting to be a writer. And, and even beyond that, like, like somebody even asked her, like, what was Andy Warhol like? She's like, yeah, we didn't get along. Yeah. I was like, of course you didn't get along no one no shit the two of you would hate each other like you worked for him for however long but like there's no way you would just hang out and be chill like the two of you are so yeah maniac geniuses maniac geniuses on very different ends of like like he she actually blames him for like the current culture of, of fame obsession which 
I guess you could argue it was kind of his fault. I, I don't know that, he, I think he predicted it. I don't know if he like caused it, but. Yeah, he, he definitely, it's, it's, it's a very interesting discussion, especially, I mean, when you, he, he wasn't a good guy. I think we, I oh, think no. we like to remember him in a certain way. This was a, he, he was, he was one of those abusive yeah, artists sure. who was like, I'm a tortured artist. And therefore if I hit a woman, it's fine. Like he's not, he's not a cool dude. And no. I think someone like Fran would immediately be like, yeah, you're not a cool dude. Like, there's there's nothing getting by. It's so funny because like, oh, she's we're not even we haven't even talked about the fact that like she had to get her GED like later because she got kicked out of high school like twice. And and I was when I first heard her speak, I was like, why didn't I learn about this woman in school? And I was like, yeah, oh, because she's the antithesis of formal education. Yeah, like, absolutely. I'm okay, glad you just know, know this stuff because then I don't have to like literally read my notes. No, I'm so sorry. No, I, and I'm no, also. No. I'm also it's bullshit. Amazing. Like, no, you know so you much about her. I, it's, no, no, you're it's, right. It's because, it, and I also don't want to make it seem cool that, like, I was reading Fran since high school. I was introduced to her because she was the judge in Wolf of Wall Street, and my sister said, "Look over there, that's Fran Leibowitz," and I said, "Who the fuck is that?" Like, I'm she not just cool. Compelled you right away. I well, no, my my sister who like was huge in American. She loves American history and politics and all that yeah. stuff. And and we were watching Wolf of Wall Street, and she's like, "Oh my God, Fran Lebowitz is the judge." And I was like, "Who?" Like yeah. I, I I didn't. I'm not cool. I didn't know who Fran was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then obviously, yeah, you 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 have to be. You have to make a conscious effort to 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 read about her now because again, she's oh, she's coming to Toronto in May. She is in May. Coming to Toronto in May. Yeah. I mean, 2022 is not a real year. I'm honestly like, oh, but you know, we probably won't go because that's when the locusts will hit. Like, oh, absolutely. 2022 I, is a concept at best. It is not a year. Fake year. Like, we're going to yeah. run a, like, she was even talking about it in, in, in somewhere in Pretended City where it's like, young people should probably just be focused on like how to get water. And I'm like, oh, yeah. So, yeah. And I think she said <laughs> that in nice. reference to being like, young people should stop being artists specifically. So they yeah. can just like learn how to get water. Like, and it's so funny because here we are, two artists being like, "Oh, what an inspiration!" Where she was actively poetic. Hundred like, yeah. percent. She's like, "If you think you should write a book, don't. Your life doesn't matter." <laughs> like, awesome. She's fully right, but then you're She's always like, right. "Accept me." Except you know I mean? I'm. If she special. met me, she would. She would get it. She'd think I'm cool. Oh okay. God, I, I. Yeah, sorry. Go. I, I want to know your evolution from finding out she was. Fran Leibowitz and Wolf of Wall Street and not having any context for who she was to like being mm-hmm. fully obsessed with her like what was what was the journey um yes so right I think I think my like ever since Wolf of Wall Street I was I was then I became like familiar with her I started reading a few of her essays and I was like oh this woman fucking rocks I, and then it was like finding random like clips on her on YouTube being like oh she's very like this is so cool I think the obsession with her came when Pretend It's a City came out. And mm-hmm. then it became even more of an obsession, like during the throes of the pandemic. Because yeah. I mean, pandemic, I, I don't want to make this too much about like me and my journey, but um please do. Yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah, I've like week I'm sure you've experienced it too of like weekly identity crises, each one leading to the next, like constantly question like constantly questioning who I am and what I believe and where I, I stand in this world. And sure. ugh, which already said, like, I've been listening to too much Frank is already saying that I'm like, I sound like such an eagle maniac dick. Like I'm, so, I'm such a like artist bullshit. Bleh. But, but I think a lot of people are thinking that. And if they don't admit it, 100%. they're lying. 
No, 100%. And even so, like, I, I hate that I've had to be like, I don't know, when Fran would just be like, yeah, it sucks to be alive right now. Everyone's thinking it. Yeah, just so, Fran it up, just like with conviction. 100%. Yeah. So that's the thing. I think I wanted to reintroduce her into my life, and I'm, I'm rereading the Fran Lee Woods Reader uh, during the pandemic because I just want to be, I want to become more Fran in the sense of like being so self-assured being so genuinely like confident in the space you take up and then also she has a very interesting I, I the pandemic has given me a very deep dislike and contempt for the human race in a very real way I've, I find myself so angry and hating people yeah. and hating groups of people mm-hmm. and and Fran has this lovely thing where she hates people for sure. She hates humanity. And I hate humanity. Talked about being on like buses or anything or just every people fucking suck. People are idiots and they suck. And Bran knows that, but she also like, she never lets it, um, the way, the way she approaches humanity in that way. And like her art and how she, and how she presents herself is still so lovely. And the fact that like, Sure, she talks about how much she fucking hates everyone and they suck, but watching her talk to people and on yeah. stage, she has that stand-up comedy thing about her where she you can see in her face she gets a genuine joy from making people laugh. Like, it's not, it's, it's that thing of, sure, she doesn't give a fuck about anyone, but yeah. she gets such a joy out of saying something funny and yeah. having the audience realize that and then her realizing that they agree with her. And, and it's so beautiful because it's, it's so that thing of like, yeah, you don't care about humanity, but there's something that you love about, uh, about making others laugh and sharing that moment. So I think I, the fact that she's not just like a, fuck this, I'm, I'm locking myself in a hole and, and is very much about let's all get together and laugh about how stupid we all are. I think yeah. it's really- Well, she's a connected person. Like she's always talked about as like a misanthropic person, but first mm-hmm. of all, she fucking loved to party, man. She went to every party she in her twenties was- and thirties and still. Yes. And still, and she's just like, I, the, uh, there is a, there is a, uh, uh, a segment on uh, pretend it's a city where she says, everyone's goal should be to have fun. As long as you are not like, yeah attacking people hurting someone unconsensually being aggressive or like um, unless what you find fun is at the detriment to others Mm -hmm. if you say if i say why are you doing this thing and you say because it's fun that's all the reason i need and she's like and and then so she she has that whole thing and she's like yeah of course i love parties there i like parties i like food i like nice places duh like yeah she likes she she loves to have a good time and i think she likes to connect with people she she likes to connect first of all she also was like a lot of reverence for her certain artists like but she's one of those yes. people who um she has really strong opinions about art mm-hmm. if you're a, a good artist she loves you if you're a famous artist but you're a bad artist roasted he's fucking ruthless oh my ruthless God. it's so funny but i do think she loves people i just think she doesn't like groups um and and also like I think she's one of those people who would probably say, I think she would say she hates people, but I think she hates what people do. I don't think she like hates humanity. I think she loves humanity because she's a writer and she has to observe it and connect with people and empathize with people in order Mm -hmm. to write. But I think she hates the way people behave as she well should. A hundred percent. And I think that's a very important distinction. One thing that I 
respect and love about her so much is that sometimes you think she's going to, based on the way she presents herself and the way she talks, you think she's going to have an outdated belief and then she absolutely does not. So there's like, she, she'll talk about how she, she doesn't like technology. She doesn't like cell phones. She doesn't like computers. Like she, she doesn't like messing with any sort of technology, but and you'd think, okay, she's an older woman from old New York who hates cell phones. She probably fucking hates young people who are always on their phones. She doesn't. She doesn't at all. She just says that that is just not, that is, that is the new world. Yeah. And so, like, she was, she was talking to, she, she had an awesome, awesome uh, quote where she was talking to an artist. And the artist is like, people nowadays are looking at art through their computers. And, like, that's not the artistic experience. And she said, well, no, that's not your artistic experience. Today, that's somebody else's artistic experience. And to have that opinion and not just be like, yeah, dumb young people on their phones. Like, that's such an easy thing to say without understanding the nuance of how we've got here. And she totally Absolutely. gets it. It's beautiful. I she's also, yeah, she'll someone, she's somebody who will also admit, like, part of the reason people say, you know, art, whatever, in New York culture was better in the insert decade here is because mm. they were 20 and things yes. are awesome when you're 20 and now yeah. you're 50 and they're not as awesome i'm like yeah that's some, first of all that's something we should all be able to admit like i'm getting to an age where like i am severely not young anymore like i'm not like i'm not like in the target severely demo, severely not oh and wow. then i hear people my age being like gen z tiktok blah blah this is not comedy i'm like yeah it is now bitch grow up a hundred percent. And like, it's that, it's, it's, it's such an old, dumb thing to say young people are stupid because the way they are. There's like, there, there's a, there's a, there's a belief that I have that I think any, any older person who is like, oh, these dumb young people on their phones. I'm like, do you think any of us are stoked about this? Do you think any of us are super excited about how much time, like we're comparing screen time being like, how many hours did you spend on your phone? We're in fucking prison. You made, point. you made and marketed to us an addictive substance that now we need to function in any aspect of life. That's no one is about where we are right now like it's like going into like a heroin den and being like oh these drug addicts with their heroin like i can't relate anymore it's like yeah yeah, you don't do heroin you don't do heroin and you don't need it for work like it's so (laughs) annoying you don't need to be constantly on heroin otherwise you'll miss an email from somebody literally or like or otherwise you'll be fired from your job like really especially in comedy right especially in the in the arts especially in comedy like opinions uh, not opinions uh, uh uh offers jobs whatever come through so sporadically there's no schedule to it like you mm-hmm. kind of do have to be constantly checking yeah all of these devices and then once you're there there's this brilliant algorithm put together by the most brilliant minds in the world to keep you there yeah. i'm not that strong None of us are. no one is and it's and it's and even if we were we don't have the option to be given our line of work yeah so it's it's yeah it's 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 abs- it's such a crazy notion that like that that we're somehow choosing this path and i think that i that's why i love fran's perspective on technology which is yeah. that i don't need it i it, fran's fully like i don't need it in my day-to-day life right now i don't yeah. need um i i don't i don't like dealing with it. I don't that know being how to said, type. 
I don't know how to type. But that being said, I have no qualms with the fact that that is where the world is now and that is where yeah. young people are now because that is simply their reality. This is like, another thing I love about her. So mm-hmm. um, she not only does she not go on technology or social media, mm-hmm. that includes like doom scrolling or just it, that includes just going on a website and then like jumping around to different articles and being like just sort of up on media. I don't yeah. think she really watches the news that much, which means all of her opinions are not like um, parroted from other people. They're yes. completely divorced from whatever you're supposed to be thinking in, in, in liberalism today. They're yeah. just her opinions from living, yeah. talking yep. to her contemporaries, like reading. And they are inherently hers. It is not yeah. influenced. I, if I listen to anybody too much, I will start to sound like them. Okay. And it's 100%. I just didn't amalgamate to how they speak and their speech patterns and then I'll say their opinions as if they're my own and they're simply not I don't know who I am I don't know who I am or what my opinions are I'm a chronic people pleaser eh I'm a people play I just want you to like me um but so uh, that's why I need more Fran in my life but I it's it's so it's so lovely to see and it's also the thing of because you think that she's an artist of another generation you think like oh when the me me too move like when the Me Too movement happens or Trump or something, maybe she's going to have an old, absolutely not. No, she has the most crystallized and perfect thing to say about the Me Too movement. The perfect thing to say about Trump, who's just like, she's such, she's such a liberal. And, and I also love, I love that young people go up to her and say, uh, thank you for all the work you've done for gay rights activism. And she says, I literally did nothing. She's, I'm not an activist. I don't have that kind of like, self like um sacrifice yeah. i just am a living human that's a lesbian like she's incredible she okay granted um she was not an activist although no. i will say that being out in the yep. 70 60s 70s 80s yep. oh out not just within the, her community but out 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 yeah yeah. is inherently it's not activism but it's um it's, it's a encouraging form, yeah. it's a form of activism it's it's a, it's a form it, it's something that leads to act more activism like to, for it, future generations a hundred percent and 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 i'm sure she recognizes the scope of that of how valuable it is for some young person in that time period to see someone as successful as her and be an out queer person that being said i understand why she doesn't see it as activism because that is just going along with every other thing about Fran, which is I don't give a slack of fuck what you think (laughs) about me. I don't give a shit. If like, I'm gay. Cool. Like if you have something to say about it, I don't, I couldn't give less of a shit. Yeah. On on either side of the spectrum, if you have something negative to say about it or positive. Yeah. It's really not your business. It's, it's just as, it's just as, like, meaningless as saying the sky is blue today. Like, I, yeah. wh- who gives a fuck? Like, oh, she's just, she's, oh my god, I love her so much. Her, yeah, her opinions on the Me Too movement, like, I think that there are, sadly, probably a lot of, like, second wave feminists who are her age, so, like, 70, mm-hmm. who would not have the, the same opinion as her, um, no. and who m- maybe would change their opinion once they got called in. She formed mm-hmm. this opinion just with her own lived experience and research, she was like, I believe all women always every time because I'm a woman and I know what happens. A hundred percent. She's like, if they're, she's like, do women lie? I'm sure they do. Prove to me that this one's lying. Cause I like, she's like, if you you think they're lying, cool. Prove it to me. 
because I, I, I have no reason to believe that any of these women could lie. I, especially when she's like, I know all these men. I yeah. know them. Yeah. And she, oh, and my God, and her beautiful quote about the fact that like, it had to be Hollywood starlets that came forward for this, anything about this to change because those are the only people anyone like cares about. No one, if, if it was the illegal immigrant on and in her small apartment where her landlord is holding her eviction over her, like that's not going to make yeah. the news in the same way as like a huge fucking star. So For it's, sure. it, to have oh god to just to bring all of that into the quit she's just she she is uh, i don't want to say woke but she's just so not fran she's she's so she just she's with it she knows she's, she knows all these things she's she with just, it she's politically compassionate like mm. she's just a she's she's a compassionate person who doesn't really practice compassion in the minutia mm-hmm. but she practices it like on a bigger scale yeah. And she practices it with people that need it to be like that need it more than your average Joe on the street, you know? 100%. Absolutely. And it's, yeah, I think, I think it's funny that she'll never, she'll never uh, accept the difference that she's made. Cause she just says like, I'm just talking and saying my opinions about stuff, but by simply being herself, she has like changed it so many aspects of life and like being a woman and being a queer woman and being a comedian and being all these things like just by being who she is she's she did it and that's such a nice message the fact it is and especially at her age right from her generation um it's not like she had a ton of women to look up to to do what she did right like she moved to new york at 20 yeah with like you know i think a month's rent or something covered by her dad she just took a bunch of she was like a cab driver yeah um what else did she do i think she wrote pornography she wrote pornography she cleaned rooms she cleaned, she, that's right she cleaned she cleaned, rooms she was a big she was a cleaner and then that was also the age where everyone was like come be a wait come be a waitress with me and she's like i don't want to fuck a manager for shifts yeah and she's she said basically that was a prerequisite like and and she's like that's why i don't have to know that these women are not lying yeah it was literally common knowledge that if you want to be a waitress you had to fuck somebody and And it wasn't shady like it it was shady clearly but it wasn't under the table it wasn't quiet it was like very openly spoken about yeah and then she writes her first novel um or her first i guess collection of essays which Mm -hmm. was which was the first one metropolitan life metropolitan life she becomes like a fixture on the like Manhattan social scene. I love that oh about her God. too. She does seem so curmudgeonly, but she was just like always out partying freaking Yeah. The coolest people ever. She's like, I was at I was at like a 4 a.m. cocktail soiree with four models, uh, like a photographer and an art director. And I only talked to the art director because Yeah, exactly. And and she said, I only talked to the art director because he knew the most words. Like Oh, her best yeah. friends were like the, her best friends were like were like Toni Morrison, Diane von yes. Furstenberg. Um, and, yeah, well, like she, she was like and, friends with Charles Mingus, this like yes. very famous jazz musician. She's, Martin Scorsese, obviously. Oh, right. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, that was a little bit later. But I, I would say, uh, if you could find any interview, and there are lots of there are a few on YouTube of her talking to Toni Morrison, it's. Their friendship is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen because 
they're they're both obviously they're both brilliant articulate observant writers who mm-hmm. know so much about the human experience but tony morrison has this like compassion for humanity while whereas fran has this like huge disdain. cynicism yeah and disdain and the yeah. way they talk to each other is just oh it's beautiful and she lo- and fran loved her so much it was so sweet i know hearing her talk about her after her death is is oh. really emotional she, like she Very. really clearly respected her and she also yeah. this is another thing i love about fran she takes i wouldn't even call it criticism because they're just true points about she, she takes um things that other people might be offended by really really well because she's yeah such a realist like um in one of those conversations with tony tony says something like it seems like you're always right but never fair and she doesn't get offended offended. she's like yeah she's like that's why i'm always right because i'm never fair wow it's that's so funny i like god i don't know she's just she it's it's crazy to be that smart i don't know i I know that's quick and quick and so i was like what you just said off the of the the top of your head is something i would have had to sit down with a post-it note and rewrite seven times like it's crazy that that just came out of your mouth i think that's a thing too as comics right like um we're always after the joke so that's what i'm worried about she just talks right she she wants to convey an idea and a message above all else and then she happens to be super hilarious and so those yeah. just those jokes just get woven in so organically because that's what she yeah. really feels and is really thinking about. A hundred percent. And and she does have that attitude of um if it's funny, I'll say it. If it's if it's funny and it's right, I'll I'm gonna say it. And, and I don't and, think she even like thinks. I think it just yeah pours out. Like I don't even know if she would have the ability to edit herself prior 100%. to saying something. But but even then, like before she is this like She's like a sage of knowledge, but before she is that, she wants to make you laugh. She's not going to, she, she'll, sometimes she'll just say something that's true, mm-hmm. but like nine out of 10 times, she will refine it first in her, in, in, in mere milliseconds. Yeah. She'll refine it first in her head, put it in a funny sentence and then say it. Cool. And I think, oh, God damn it. Well, this is another cool thing about her. So it's cool and also super encouraging for mm-hmm. uh, those of us with uh, writer's block. Oh my God. Because I. That woman. She's so she's like 30 years overdue on a book. It's not even like a book anymore. Like it's never going to happen. The book doesn't exist. And not only does the book not exist, she found a way and she's fully admitted this. She found a way instead to make a living showing up somewhere and answering mundane questions. She doesn't have to prepare shit. She doesn't have to write. She doesn't have to spend time outside of her life doing work. She just, she found a, the perfect, um, like this perfect situation of her, of someone who is so quick and so smart, but hates doing homework. Oh, she absolutely. doesn't like doing work. She gets paid to be herself. That's yep. it. That's it. And as, you know, especially I, I, I think that there's a lot of like reverence for personalities in men. Like there's a lot of people who would just pay to hear a man talk because of his personality. Mm. It's actually revolutionary to have a woman just be beloved for absolutely not editing herself or putting on any mask and just like rambling. Yeah. And, and, and having people again, as I've said this before, but like having people ask questions about everything, she has no specialty. She yeah. doesn't. She just, they ask her about everything. So, the, so I, there's a clip in Pretend It's a City 
from one of her like live in conversations and somebody fully asked her like <laughs> so mm-hmm. dumb a cop car hit me <laughs> and now i'm suing the city of new york how long do you think it will take for the city to pay me and like just Fran, of course Fran doesn't know the fucking answer. Like she's like, fully Google. Like That's she's fully Google. So funny. Like people will be like, do you have like and, and it's everything from that to like, do you have a disdain for social media? Do you have a do you do you, what do you think about pizza? Like thoughts on pizza? Like yeah. it's she's oh, And she makes it funny and she makes it interesting every yeah. single time. I 100%. do think, yeah, like she she does have sort of the dream career, right? She wrote, she wrote two books. She yeah. actually, she wrote a bunch of essays. She wrote a series of essays. And then compiled them. Actually, this and is really funny. She, yeah. She, okay, so she wrote a bunch of essays. She compiles yeah. those essays into one book. She writes yep. a few more essays, compiles them into a second book. Her third book, just two books in one. The yep. same book she's already written from writes the same a ch- essays. Also writes a children's book, the most like book. probably in an hour. Like absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, then I don't rides the that for 30 years, right? Yeah. By just being cool. Yep. And then just being smart. Like like yeah. it's 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 absolutely wild and it's such an indictment of like I've, I I I I think I already said it before but like it's such an indictment of formal education that like she just kept getting kicked out of high school because she's like, yeah, I can't do math. Yeah. Can't do it. Sorry. Like, won't do it. Can't won't do, do it. it. Don't, don't do care. It. Don't care. Don't, don't, care. don't care about numbers. Somebody else should probably learn math so that society can function, but I don't, I don't have to. Let's uh, talk about that. Okay. So she got kicked out. Actually, let me read it because it's so Yeah, funny. go for it. It's wild. Okay. She was a poor student overall, particularly in algebra, which she failed mm-hmm. six times. Mm-hmm. She called it the first thing which they presented to me that I absolutely could not understand at all and had no interest in understanding. <laughs> um, her grades were so poor that her parents enrolled her in the Wilson School, which is a private yeah. Episcopal, Episcopal, that's the word. Episcopal, yeah. Girls' school in New Jersey, where her grades marginally improved, but she had difficulty following the rules and was eventually expelled for nonspecific surliness. <laughs> incredible i'm sure she was like smoking a cigarette with her feet on the table being like i don't i don't have to be here you suck she also got suspended uh from a later high school for sneaking out of pep rallies i'm sure also to like smoke a cigarette and put her feet up first on the table. to smoke a cigarette and probably like hit on a cheerleader i don't care that's like, so hot she's so God. cool she also she's said that she's the worst girlfriend in the world and, like, never had a relationship. Oh, yeah, she can't commit. I mean, of course, she, yeah. right? Like, she, she would have no. to be able to live with another human, which she can't do. Can't do. Um, I would not want Fran Leibowitz as a girlfriend. She would be so rude and no, non-compassionate. Oh she has the Larry David syndrome, right? Where it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, super fun. Would be a hilarious friend to have. Could watch Such them a- all day. Would uh-huh. absolutely cry every minute if I was dating them. 100%. So, she's so... So incredibly cutting to who I like. It would cut deep to who I am. Yeah, they're but, not um, to be dated. No, but it's it's also ugh, it's also so funny. Like it's funny that we also see her as such a Jewish icon in the way she speaks, in the way she like her humor is what is categorized like Larry David like as this kind of like Jewish humor. Yeah, and. And and she she says she resonates with that also, but she also says she's been an atheist because since she was seven years old. Yeah. Because duh. Because yeah. duh. Yeah. Like someone that smart wouldn't just be like, 
yeah, Moses probably broke the Red Sea. Like, <laughs> she's like, yeah, I know everything about everything, but like, mm, the plagues definitely happened. Like, she's... Oh, yeah, she was never going to be somebody who... Um, not to be, yeah, not to be judgmental about anyone who's religious, but... Whatever, you know, whatever, you hate know. Me. You can hate me. Call me. I don't care. I no, 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 no. I also think, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if she was, like, moderately spiritual, but she's not, she, she couldn't possibly be somebody who followed organized religion, especially an organized religion that was taught to her as a child. Like, I, my, my dad's, like, like atheism is literally his religion and oh my then my God, mom yeah he's like a real atheist and then my mom that's was like a little bit more jewish and like my bubby is very jewish and i was given the religion as an option as a kid mm-hmm. but i was like no like not now like i might discover it later i might learn about it later but like this just isn't the time to indoctrinate me i like i'm too young to be told a bunch of things that i have no way to fact check you know what I mean? God, I'm fucking jealous of you. Um, what did you go to Jewish school growing up? No, I, I, did I forget. Not. I did. You not. did. My, my cousins did. That's um, why. That's why we never crossed paths because yeah. I was I was indoctrinated at a young you, age. You went. You went from from go from I, elementary yeah. to high school. Yep, all the way through. I went queen. Like when I went to university was the first time I was in a school that was not Jewish. Uh, so, okay, did either, that make you resent Judaism? Yep. Okay. The religion, the people, both. Yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, sorry. No. Uh, let me let me rephrase that. I, I I don't mean that. I'm just in a in a. Oh, you're catching me in a critical time. You're catching me in a very critical I'm time. I'm so interested. You, oh God, damn it. Um, I I there are many things like a, a story I often tell is the one where like I was kicked out of rabbinics class for debating the the validity of like intermarriage, like. I like I would straight on fight with my teacher about like how it's okay to date a non-Jew, which yeah. now look at look at me now like moved in like living in sin with a goyish looking motherfucker, but um, God, blonde hair, blue eyes. Is he goisha? Oh my god, like oh, very goisha looking, like wasp looking. That is like, so blonde funny. hair, blue eyes, boyish. That's what boy. happens when you send a child to Jewish school forever, and your yeah. pool is literally only other Jews. And it's right. only other Jews, and, and it's, it's very insular, conservative Jewish community. Yeah, that's a thing. And I want to say, like, there are so many things I value about it. Like, the, t- to this day, my favorite time of year is, like, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. Because that's when, I, I, I love it. And it's when I. Because of family. It's, it's family, yeah. and I go into a house with 700 crammed people that I, I only see once a year. Yeah. Not during COVID, obviously. Ugh. But, um. <laughs> And, and everyone's loud and eating food and, yeah. and in each other's business. And I love it. I love mm-hmm. it so much. And there are times even there that like, I even love like the, uh, there, there's parts that I love even going to synagogue and having like that aspect of it. I am not a religious person at all. Yeah. Yeah. I would say borderline, not even like, uh, maybe not even really spiritual in any yeah. sense, like very much atheistic, but, um, I, so there's so many things I value. However, you are catching me in a time right now where I'm reflecting on a lot of the um, indoctrinated pieces of that 12-year period where I didn't really have a say in Fair. what I heard. So, Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot also, of that. Like what you're, so it is really interesting, right? So the Toronto Jewish community, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's broader than you and I 
grew up in, right? It is. Yeah. Like, I know people, like a few friends of mine went to like a reconstructionist school with like a super hippie, hippie female rabbi, right? Which somebody, if anyone, somebody send me the details to that shul. I need to go to a, like my shul, bless them. I love them. They just let in women like a few years ago. Like we need, I I, I need a hippie shul to reconnect with my Judaism. I'm actually like considering going to this shul. I think it's, I think there's only one reconstructionist shul in the city, but it just sounds so lovely. I'll let you know for sure. Hit me up. Um, But the community we came up in, um, I would say, there. I would say that Judaism is a huge part of it, but conservative Judaism is what made it like, is what made me pull away from it and not really yeah. still, I, I still am not a big part of it, if at all. Yeah. Um, because it's, I would say it's defined more by its conservative political ideals than like the Jewish part of it. And if you're forced into it for yes. 12 years, of course you're going to present Judaism because it's tied so closely to all that bullshit. Exactly. And again, there's as I want to, I don't want to paint it all with one brush. Like there are aspects of my Jewish education of my upbringing that I adore and I yeah. love, and they made me who I am today. There are other pieces that I have to, uh, pull apart with a great strength yeah. to, to break it free from the parts that I like, That's uh, because really it's, they're so cling and it's, yeah. it's hard to do. And it's also, um, a recent project of, of, of this chapter of the pandemic. So well, t- 25, 26, like 25, 26. Yeah. Was such an intense age for me. I didn't, the, I wasn't expecting pandemic. this. Yep. Was yeah. not expecting this shit. Mid-20, I thought mid to late twenties are. Yeah. I kind of, th- maybe I was naive. I kind of thought I was done. Kind of thought I was done with the whole, like, throwing things away and starting from scratch i thought i was like oh, i'll just build from now on and i was like fuck i have to tear down more of this shit like <laughs> i thought I, I was busy building i didn't realize there was more rotting shit here like, out of resources i'm out of i'm out I'm of wood haggle for some more emotional intelligence i ran out of screws i ran out of nails i'm in a forest i don't know what the hell's going on like yeah 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 it's so uh, that it's, was it's my mid-20s yeah. yeah okay and so that's 30 that's was like was like I had been wandering for so long and then there was just like a four seasons just like waiting for me. That's um, awesome. and I didn't even have to pay. Because <laughs> but I think it's because I did all the foraging and all the like bullshit in my mid mm-hmm. to late twenties that, that it's it's not for naught. Like it, it comes at a price for sure. Yeah, yeah. It and it, it, it becomes worthwhile. Um but I was yeah. what I was gonna say about like you know, I went to a French school, which is really now I hate the French, right? Um, because I went to like a private, very intense and, and not like, okay. I went to a European French school in the nineties, in the nineties. Okay. This is a different vibe than you would get today. Um, Mm -hmm. there was just like, and they weren't, they were so heavily unionized that like you literally nothing could, nothing, no teacher was ever fired. It was wild. Um, that happened, that happened at my school too, where they, every, because it's private and every, every like. Oh, uh, that we had we had teachers who like were hired as teachers just because they were Israeli and not because they were uh, teachers. Most well, one of my teachers was a taxi driver up until the point that he came to Canada and then was hired by this school. They were just like in the army for two years and then like yep. therefore were teachers. And that qualifies them to mold the young minds of this generation. That so that's so great. messed up. Yeah. But Anyways, be- but yeah, because I went to a French school and a very Christian one at that. I was one of like two or three Jews in my grade. Oh, yeah. And I had like, and I'm talking wasp Christians. I'm talking like, let's say grace Mm -hmm. before dinner. 
No, I, I don't want to hold their hands and be like, I don't want to. I'm, I don't want to. I'm so scared. Like, are they going to call on me? Do I need to know the Ew. words to grace? No. I also like Ew. fully, this will be maybe, maybe off the record. I had okay. friends whose dad turned out to be a, I don't want to say a Holocaust denier, but I, I do want to say a Not cool. Holocaust editor. An editor of the story. A Holocaust down player. They're a, a lot more Holocaust cop. Holocaust down player. So it happened, but it mm-hmm. wasn't what you thought, guys. Yeah, Jews. but it like wasn't as big of a deal as you thought. Yeah, like no, you guys the fucking audacity. The audacity. It, it's it's so much more insidious because Holocaust deniers. You know where to put them in your head. It's just a clear yes. like, oh, you're denying a historical event. I I I know you're, you're wrong. Yeah. Everyone knows you're wrong. You're mm-hmm. wrong. Yeah. But to have the the insidious ones are the like, yeah, it just it, it just wasn't that big because then they can get people on their sides they can get people who are uh you know anti-semites who did believe in the holocaust yeah that's a that's a more sane entry point and it sounds way more yeah and it sounds way more rational of like well you weren't there Hmm, you're right i guess i wasn't there well you know lots of stuff could be edited and like and 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 fabricate and you're like yeah i guess i guess things can't yeah, be it's, Jews are it's pretty dramatic <laughs> yeah which we are but um yeah absolutely it's, it's yeah yeah so insidious it's so much more insidious than um there's this really did you ever watch bojack horseman okay no but you're but but Girl. jeff's obsessed with it i gotta start i everyone you will love it. it you will but, but also i would actually recommend watching it at a time where you um have like a, maybe a little more emotional capacity to cry and like have a lot of feelings and like have your good heart torn apart you know what okay I mean? yeah. so i'll wait i'll wait a month i think i'm, I'm, I'm almost out of the thick of it okay. but i, I i'm gonna wait a month wait like four or five years just wait. very legit very okay um, very fair but there's this really funny bit they kind of go back in time and they follow a character who was um a soldier no he, he was the father of a soldier who fought in world war ii and the son dies i'm like am i revealing too much no it's fine and it's fine. um the mom is so sad, obviously, and she kind of blames herself for not sending him with, like, his favorite blankie, and the dad's like, you know, if anything, it's the Jew's fault for peeving off Hitler so bad. (laughs) 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 I just love that idea of, like, peeving him off. Peeving him off, just being real, just being a nuisance. You're 5% less annoying and loud in public spaces, then maybe we wouldn't even have to go to war. That's so funny. If the gefilte fish was funny. just a little less stenchy, that's there was even one funny. less fish in the equation. Um, <laughs> that yeah, is such it's a really funny. good bit. That's but anyways, so this is truly my ADD. Sorry, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the, the crux of what I want to say. I, I went to Jewish camp, so I had Jewish friends, but it was mm. Jewish religion factored almost nil into my life. And it's, as it's a, a lot result, more cult. It, I, I identified very strongly as a cultural Jew and loved it. I love, I love my identity as, as a Jew, yeah. as a cultural Jew. But yeah. because all these years later, uh, it, was, it, I, it doesn't have any, like, bad, toxic memories associated with it. And I'm kind of, because of, like, sobriety and AA and all this stuff, I, I mm-hmm. am, like, entering the idea of maybe, like, thinking about believing in God. Um, mm, that's great. I'm open to, to Judaism as, like, a, a framework. Yeah. to like enter that right and and like it's very uh it's it's really how did I even put it I I don't believe in God I believe in believing in God um and now that's that's that man, completely, make, completely makes sense yes yeah um and like I even think and this is really me rambling but like look that maybe God and like spirituality are literally just the idea that we are all that we all believe in something greater in a way I don't know. yeah 
I, 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 I love that. I think that's, and I think, uh, yeah, Judaism or whatever, uh, not or whatever, Judaism is a lovely framework of, in terms of organized religions, I think Judaism is a lovely framework to enter into. For sure. And if you're not pushed into it too young, you're more open to it, I think, right? And, and as long as you stay, uh, you know, critical and, um, and, and, <sighs> and, and uh, keep, uh, keep your third eye on. You know, and then I think it's I, it, and that's in terms of any sort of religiosity Absolutely. or organized yep. or organization. So I think that's I think that's fair. Absolutely. I mean, I don't believe in any dogma, right? Like I think you can just pull pieces that you like, and if mm-hmm. and if anybody thinks that you need to buy into the entire framework, then like that is just how can you? That's just obviously wrong. You just right? shouldn't monitor others' beliefs. Like there's, it's belief is such a is such a. Uh, it's such a personal, uh, uh, adaptable thing to each human being. There's no reason to monitor or like uh, control what you take from a religion. No, unless of uh, unless of course you're harming other people, which yeah, evil, evil. Okay, but yeah. Um, and I really don't. I just want to keep talking forever, but I think that okay, we're gonna we're gonna like head towards the end of her life which is not, she's still alive, but just she is like, with us. She is deeply with us. She is more alive than most people I know who are my most age. human beings. Yes. Did you know she was Jewish? First of all, the second you saw her, like, did she, yes. clock, yeah, she, she clocks yes. as Jewish so quickly. Yes. She presents as Jewish. The yes. most, right? Like, yeah, I can't think of a better representation of Judaism in all its forms. And of course it gets dicey what, in terms of anything where you're like, oh, I knew she was, like, she looks Jewish. Like, that's obviously so problematic to say. Yeah. That being said, Fran Lebowitz looks Jewish and sounds Jewish and is Jewish. Let so, us not pretend that oh there is not a visual factor to Judaism. No, and, and also, like, obviously, if you are not Jewish, leave that to your Jewish friends to be like, they look Jew. Don't be a non-Jew and say they look Jewish. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very problematic. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it to any other group of people. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think it is only true for your own. Yeah. yeah. And at the very least, if you're going to have, if you're going to have that thought, like, can we acknowledge, like, like, let's not just immediately assume that like that meat, that's like an an insult. You know what I mean? Like maybe that's a compliment. Like maybe it's a compliment. A hundred percent. No, the sound Jewish should not be have any sort of negative connotation. No, and that is not. At the same time, like, don't tell me I sound or look Jewish, but like, it's definitely (laughs) not an insult. No, for sure. (laughs) And it's also like Fran's Fran would say first and foremost that she is Jewish. Like she, that's it's so much a part of her identity. So yes, yeah. Um, but I think that like, yeah, I think. That's another entry point into her that I find so thrilling. Like she's a woman, she's a Jewish woman, she's a proudly Jewish woman. Proudly Jewish right? gay woman and like does not censor or uh, filter or sanitize any of those aspects of her identity. For sure. I like that, no, I don't like that you're a people pleaser, but I relate to the fact that you're a people pleaser because I am also like- that I was, hate like, it. That was my journey. Like, it sucks. It sucks. It's, it's so exhausting. Bad. I hate it. I'm, I'm actively trying. I, I would say the only part that I love is that I'm now trying, like is the work I'm now doing to undo it. Good for you. Which is fun. You know what? Somebody once described to me quitting um, people pleasing as like quitting any substance. I was like- I love mm, that. I don't know. I've quit a lot of substances and- no, but I quitting, love. I, quitting people I love that. just as hard, just as hard. You go into okay. full withdrawal. Yeah, like you really do. 
it, everything in your body, like if, if when I have to just say something definitive for myself, that is mm -hmm. not uh, at the service of somebody else, yeah. everything in my brain and body screams. Absolutely. And hundred percent. And I, yes, I would say I'm not equating it to like going off of a hard drug or, 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 you know, if you're quitting oxys, I wouldn't be like, I like people. And that's the same. Like, I, you know what, you have a journey to go on. But yes, I think I, there is something in my body that if I am, if I'm saying something that is inherently just for my own benefit and not for somebody else's, my whole body, my, my brain screams yeah. in a like, in a Jewish motherly tone. <laughs> and, in, a, in a tone. In a tone, uh, like like from outside of your own he own head. Why just... are you being rude? Like just that echoes my whole head. People are yeah. going to talk about this. They can all see and hear you. Yeah. I'm going to have to explain hey, this you. on your behalf. Um, you think you're going to get a job now? Like <laughs> the thing with quitting substances is like everybody validates that as a hard experience. They're like, oh my God, good for you. So amazing. But with quitting people pleasing and codependency, like no one thinks that's a thing, but it it is it and is. it you go into withdrawal and then eventually you um like the same way any withdrawal tapers off and then you mm -hmm. feel way better it happens like you you eventually do I have not gotten here yet where you're like just totally comfortable like saying the word now or nope whatever right you're not there yet it'll come it'll but come I think I, I've gotten a, better gotten a lot better and Fran has been very helpful Oh yeah. It, it, any effort to get better makes you better. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, and it doesn't happen quickly or even maybe fully ever the way you want it to, yeah. but it does. And then it protects you. Right. Like even if it's not yeah. exactly what you want it to be in terms of self-actualization, it does protect you from like vultures and narcissists and people who will take advantage of you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I really, I, I, I have, I, I care a lot less nowadays, which is very, it's good. It's a good thing. Yay! Good for you. Okay, we are going to yes. play two truths and a lie. Let's play the game. I think I might, want games. You know what? Last time I I kind of like gassed somebody up before, and I was like, I think you're going to be so good at this, and then they failed, and I made them feel so much worse. So I'm not going to tell you that I think you're going to be brutal, but I think you might. Okay, I think I got this. Okay, two of these things are true. One is a lie. You went to summer right. camp, you know. I know. I'm familiar with the work. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Okay, first one is Fran is afraid of gasoline and will not pump her own gas. Okay. The next one is smoking on an airplane was banned in 1994, but Fran smoked on airplanes until 2000. Okay. Here's the last one. Okay. Fran threw away a bunch of Robert, Robert Maplethorpe photographs. He's like this very famous photographer. Before yeah. he was famous because she thought yep. he was derivative. Yep. And she didn't realize that these would be worth like huge amounts of money years later. Yes, okay. okay. C is definitely true because it was also true for Andy Warhol. She got rid of all of her Andy Warhols like a few like a few months before he died and like Dude, lost she's bad with money she's good at a she's lot of things but she's not with financially money. sound so bad with yeah. money so bad with art um even though she loves it so C is 100% true. Okay. Uh the smoking on airplanes thing is interesting because I've, I've heard her talk about air travel and airplanes um, and, and who gets kicked off of airplanes and how they're usually her age because they're the only people that remembered when it was fun to be, yes. like when it was like, when going on an airplane was a luxurious yeah. experience. Yeah, and they're like, where's my lobster? Exactly, well, yeah, exactly. Um, 
the gasoline thing sounds correct as well. I don't know why, but it just sounds kind of right. You've done a very good job at this. I think, but I really do think she couldn't just smoke on airplanes. She would get kicked off of a plane. Like she just couldn't casually be smoking on. She would have to. Yeah, no, I'd say B is incorrect. You are correct. Oh my gosh. Yay! Yay! You're one of the few people who got it right. Oh my God, I'm so happy. Yay. I love games. Okay, but here's the best part. Yeah. So, okay, so I found the two truths and then I was like, okay, I need a lie. I was like, okay, here's my lie in my head. I was like, okay, Fran smoked on airplanes, passed when you were allowed to. Yeah. And then I was like, that sounds really like it could be true. I'm going to make sure that sounds correct. Yeah. So I Googled it and she did, but only like, only in 1994. She, she yes. did stop before 2000, but she did smoke on planes past when it was illegal to do so. That's so, fu- that's so funny. That's very accurate. But like, cause, cause I was thinking about it. I'm like, she, it sounds like something she would do. Big smoker loves like, like would a hundred percent smoke on an airplane and not give a shit. Yeah. However, when she says specifically that the only reasons that she travels on planes is to go somewhere and make money. And that is yeah. important to her. And like, she needs to do that. So she would not. Good jeopardize. point. Good point. She wouldn't jeopardize it. Yeah. She talks about how she's like, how terrible does your life have to be to like basically withstand air travel and go leave the country to just 100%. for your vacation. She's like, like why would that I be leave fun? the country to make money? And then and come, come back, back here to enjoy the money. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Oh my icon. God. So accurate. What an icon. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh my God, Laura, this was so fun. This was such a riot. I love it. I love talking Fran. I love talking with you. It was a delight. I love talking you with you. I love talking Jew. I love talking Fran. I love talking you with Jew. Yeah. I love talking you with Jew. Jews with you. Jews with you. Welcome to Jews with you. Welcome to Jews with you. I just think there's like some random person. They're like, you. Just grab something off. Grab someone and say, you, come talk about Jews. She's like, I'm not Jewish. I don't care. Have an opinion. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you so much. Also, just like how much you knew about her. Oh my God. I, 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 yes, I know. I love her very much. And it's not, I've, I want to be clear. I have pretended to know about things in mm-hmm. the, to fit in at a party. Sure. I've done that all the time. I've pretended Hopefully to know there. more about, he- yes, of course. Mm-hmm. I pretended to like bands or pretend to know things about bands or people that I don't know. Fran is someone I know about. And I'm glad I could share that today. It's empowering to talk about something you truly love, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's lovely. But I'm so glad I could talk with you. This was great. It was so great. Thank you so much for coming. You're welcome. I want to give a huge shout out to my guest today, Rachel Manson. Check out her web series, Comedians Getting High and Watching Hallmark Movies. I think the title speaks for itself. Follow her on Instagram at rmansella, spelled M-A-N-S-E-L-L-A. This show is hosted and edited by me, Laura Lebo. Executive producer is Michael Freeman. We're distributed by the CJN Podcast Network. Follow me on Instagram at Laura Lebo and Twitter at Twebo. Follow the CJN on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Find other podcasts at thecjn.ca. Please make sure to subscribe and review the podcast. It really helps us out, and we're nice. The Limud Toronto Festival takes place on Sunday, November 21st. Limud features educators, performers, authors, activists, and innovators from around the world. The Limud Festival of Jewish Learning celebrates creativity, diversity, inclusivity, and discussion. Everyone is welcome. All tickets to Limud are pay what you can. Learn more at limud.ca.